Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Brothers and sisters, welcome to our time of prayer and scripture reading together. Pro-Life leader Frank Pavone here. You are free to leave your prayer intentions in the comments so we can all pray for one another. Let's put ourselves in the presence of the Lord and see what His Word says to us today. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We repent of our sins, Lord God. Forgive us for anything we have done to offend you. Forgive us for what we have failed to do in service to you. Enable us to forgive one another and enable us now to understand your word more deeply, live it more faithfully, and proclaim it more effectively through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. A reading from the beginning of the letter of St. James. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes in the dispersion, greetings. Consider it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter various trials, for you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance be perfect, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. But if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously and ungrudgingly, and he will be given it. But he should ask in faith, not doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed about by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, since he is a man of two minds, unstable in all his ways. The brother, in lowly circumstances, should take pride in high standing, and the rich one in his lowliness. For he will pass away like the flower of the field. For the sun comes up with its scorching heat and dries up the grass, Its flower droops, and the beauty of its appearance vanishes. So will the rich person fade away in the midst of his pursuits. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Brothers and sisters, first of all, we read some days ago the prayer of Solomon for wisdom. He knew the right thing to ask for. We reflected that that's the most important gift that our Political leaders today have to ask for, and also that the voters have to ask for. And here James reinforces the idea that we should ask for it. Ask for wisdom. There's certain certain prayers God does not say no to. We know that oftentimes we're not sure, we don't know necessarily what exactly the right thing is for us to pray for, for. And so sometimes God says no because He's ready to give us a better answer. But James is, is pointing out here one of the things that God is, is, is always going to give us. If we ask for it, Lord, give us wisdom. Give us wisdom. And this is a gift that allows us to see things the way God sees them. That's, that's the summary of it. Because if we see things the way God sees them, we really know the right direction to go and the wrong direction to, to avoid. We know how to serve. We know how to love. We know the meaning of life. We know the value of human life. The gift of wisdom enables us to see things from God's perspective and therefore enables us to look at another human being, even if tiny, small, dependent, even if sick, or has some other characteristic that might be unpleasant. 
we recognize our brother, our sister. We recognize one loved and redeemed by Christ. We recognize the image of God in human life. Wisdom, wisdom will enable us to have respect for life. But he talks here about not doubting. Brothers and sisters, part of loving God is that we accept His teaching. We see in John chapter 6 when Jesus gave the Eucharistic discourse, uh, the, 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 many of His followers left Him because they couldn't accept in their minds what He was saying. And then He turned and said to the apostles, Are you going to leave Me also? And Peter said, To whom shall we go? You are the Christ. Because we know who God is, and in loving Him, we trust in Him. That's why we accept His truth. And accepting it doesn't mean we fully understand it. The apostles, when they accepted His teaching there in John chapter 6 and refused to leave Him, it wasn't because they had a, an understanding at that very moment of the Eucharist. They didn't have an understanding of what He was saying. But they had an understanding of who He was. And that's why we don't doubt. Now, not doubting, I mean, deliberate doubting is, is, is a sin. Deliberate. I know that this is what God said or what the scriptures say or what the church teaches as dogma, but I don't believe it. This is a sin of unbelief. But it's very different to say, wow, I find that hard to understand. How is God one in three persons? How does that work? That's not a doubt. How is it that the, the, the host looks like bread and tastes like bread, but it's actually the body of Christ? Wow! If we're saying, wow, that's true, but I don't understand how that works, that's not a doubt. That's a difficulty. That's, okay, help me, Lord, understand better. The Lord wants us to ask those questions because once we accept His truth, we make a decision to accept it, just like Peter did, Lord, to whom shall we go? We know, we are convinced, you are the Son of God. Therefore, what you say is true. Therefore, we accept it. Doesn't mean we understand it yet. But if once I accept it, I say, Lord, help me understand it. He wants us to take our minds and apply those minds to the truth that He's just given us. Because He's given truth. That's the food of the mind. And so He wants us to chew on it. He wants to digest it. He wants us to compare one truth that He revealed with another truth that He revealed. He wants us to compare the truths that He revealed with the truths we know just by human reason. This is what theology is. Theology is we take our mind and we apply it to the truths that we have accepted. Faith is the acceptance of those truths. Faith says, I believe. Theology says, I want to understand what I believe. And that's not doubt. That's actually good. That's a probing of our, of our faith. But let's not doubt. Let's not doubt the faith and let's not doubt the power of God to do what it is He intends to do. Doesn't this passage from James remind you of Jesus saying, say to that uh, mountain, be cast into the sea and it will obey you. Do not doubting. Now, obviously, we understand the things that, that um, we should be asking for. We're not, we're not going around doing magical stunts or showing off, you know, God, is, God is, does, isn't showing off either. 
He doesn't want to, you know, it's like that's why Jesus resisted those temptations in the desert when, oh, you know, cast yourself down and the angels will bear you up. You know, we don't play around with this kind of stuff. But does God have the power? You know, for example, the departing of the Red Sea. Some like to explain it away, the multiplication of the loaves. Some theologians, too, too smart for their own good, they think they are, actually dumb, they say, oh, well, he didn't really multiply the bread. He just inspired them to be generous with each other. Oh, that, that seed really didn't part miraculously. It was just low tide. It's like, these are doubts. And, 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 and these are people who, they're saying on the one hand, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. So God created everything out of nothing, right? But he can't move a little bit of water around or multiply a little bit of bread. Really? That doesn't make any sense. If you believe that God created everything out of nothing, it's no big deal for Him to move a little bit of water around or to multiply some loaves and fishes. Don't doubt. This is the Almighty. Don't doubt in the truth of everlasting life. I often say to people, well, where were you a hundred years ago? You, you have risen from the dead, haven't you? Weren't you dead like a hundred years ago, five hundred years ago? You were already dead. Now you're back to life. Why should we doubt that this life will continue? Don't doubt. When something has been revealed by God, when we know the source, we know it is the word of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, we can accept that wholeheartedly. And that's where we don't doubt the victory of God over death. Isaiah 25, one of my favorite passages. The Lord will remove... The veil that veils all peoples, the web that is woven over all nations, he will destroy death forever. Don't doubt that he has overcome the power of death. Don't doubt, therefore, that he will end the power of abortion. The power of abortion is reasserting itself. These ballot initiatives in different states, we're discussing those among the leaders and People say, look, they're coming to bring unrestricted abortion throughout the country. It's not a sign of their strength. It's a sign of their weakness. They're desperate. They don't want the legislative process. They just want to jump to the conclusion, oh, yep, there's a right to abortion. Can't interfere with it. Case closed. Discussion ended. Yeah, they want the discussion ended because when you start really discussing abortion, the abor pro-abortion people lose because people see how violent, how terrible it is. But the point I'm making is, it, 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 no matter what they're doing, no matter what they're saying, no matter what they're accomplishing or trying to accomplish, have no doubt about the victory of life over death. That the power, the reason the power of abortion will not prevail is that it is the power of death, and at its root, that has been already conquered. Yes, we still die, but death is no longer the end of the human story. We die in Christ. The kingdom of death has been robbed of its power. So we don't stand before the forces of death, the power of Planned Parenthood, the financial and political strength of the other side. We don't stand before those things, scratching our heads and wondering if we're going to prevail. We stand confidently and we say to them, looking down, pointing our finger, you have already been defeated. You are a defeated kingdom, death. You are a defeated kingdom, abortion. 
You will no longer menace the human family. You have been overcome in Christ. And we have no doubt about that. Oh, will we succeed? Sometimes that's the doubt that enters our minds. Will we prevail? Will we accomplish the culture of life? Will we end abortion? Have no doubt, brothers and sisters. And not because we're trusting in ourselves. It's not because we're trusting in some, even in the, the movement or, or some political savior. We have a movement. We have to elect pro-life candidates. But brothers and sisters, the ultimate reason why we don't doubt our victory over death is because of the God who made the promise and the God who intervened in human history. The God St. James is talking about here, the God of life in whom we put our trust. May that trust only deepen from day to day and may it lead to our joy in serving the gospel of life. Amen. Father, we do rejoice. We do not doubt. We affirm your power. We affirm that the gates of hell will not prevail against your church, but rather that the church, going on the offensive against those gates, will bring truth to make the gates of falsehood flee, will bring grace to make the gates of sin melt, will bring life to make the gates of death crumble. Life is victorious. Lord God, burn away any lingering doubt in our minds that we are on the winning side and that we will prevail. We prevail because we are the body of Christ. We prevail because you have prevailed. You have fulfilled that ancient promise of Isaiah. You have destroyed death forever in Jesus Christ and his resurrection. We praise you, Lord, and we now pray in the words you gave us, our Father, who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We pray to our Heavenly Mother, Hail Mary. Full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. It's a great joy to be with you, friends. Continue to invite others to come on to these reflections each day, especially those within the pro-life community and your pro-life groups. Think about your church groups who might be interested and let them know about these broadcasts. We're praying for you. Pray also for us. We will talk to you again tomorrow. Hello, I'm Dr. Alveda King, board member of Priest for Life. More money is being spent in America to kill babies in the womb than to save them. Together, we need to change that, and today I want to invite you to support our work at Priest for Life. Why ours rather than other groups? Because we have a unique team that helps lead in every arena of the fight against abortion, and we activate the churches where you find people who are most likely to get involved in that fight. 
To awaken a pastor about abortion is to awaken thousands of people he serves. We do not receive church funding or government grants. We rely on you for individual donations. We have a very high evaluation among charities and top security on our donation site, ProLifeGift.org. You can go there for a one-time gift or to become a monthly donor, or you can call us at 321-500-1000. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.